Welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. I'm your host, Tari Kaya Allen Butler. I am a teen mom turned speaker, author, and mompreneur. My mission is to help you build healthy relationships with your children, level up your mindset, and achieve all you ever dreamed of and more. I will teach you how to level up your lifestyle in faith, family, finances, and fitness. Join me every Tuesday for the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. You will learn major keys to stop coming up short on your goals and start leveling up for the type of lifestyle you desire. Ready to level up? Let's do it. So I'm excited about today's conversation with my special guest, Miss Christina Barker. Um, she is a wife of almost seven years, a mom of three boys, 17. Yes, ma'am, oh, 17. Excuse me. We need to add that one on there. 17 years. Excuse me. <laughs> wife of almost 17 years, a mom of three boys, a licensed Clinic, excuse me, licensed clinical professional counselor and a doctoral candidate for a doctorate to marriage and family therapy. So that means you're in school for that, right? Yes, working on the dissertation. Okay. As we... <laughs> yes, Miss Educated. All right. She has a passion for faith, family, and mental health, and she enjoys hosting, traveling, and coaching women. So just a quick little backdrop of how I met Christina. I, um, consider myself an online member of Union Church <laughs> um, mm -hmm. planted in Maryland. Um, and I visited there one time, but I mostly watch online. And they had um, an announcement for their groups. And I signed up for the Married Mamas group. And Miss Christina, like, really brought my life together in the marriage field and how to balance, like, that marriage mama life. I feel like I do pretty good as a mom. You know, these are our tiny humans. They're a little easier to deal with, but our big humans, as she says, <laughs> can be a little more of a challenge. So that's what today's talk is about, how to balance like that married mama lifestyle and how to show up um, as our best selves for both <laughs> parties, because they are truly important um, in our lives. So I don't know if any of you have seen um, a meme, where, which I can relate to, where it's like, when you get on your kids, it's okay. But when your husband steps in, you just trying to calculate like, like excuse me, sir, what are you doing? <laughs> right? So, Christina, can you give us some advice on how can we support our husbands in the midst of discipline where we feel like it might not be right or it's too much? What's some advice you can give us? Okay. Well, first of all, I want to go back to what you said before on, on the fact that, you know, it's a lot easier to deal with our little humans than it is our big humans. I think we just have different expectations of our big human, right? We marry them with expectations of how they're going to make our lives happy. And there's a certain role or responsibility they have, but we don't necessarily come into, into motherhood with those same expectations of what the child is going to do to make mm -hmm. our life happy. So I think we're just naturally more critical of our husbands than we are of our children. And so I'm just going to actually give you the scripture. Proverbs 3 and verse 12 says, that the Lord disciplines the one he loves, just as a father disciplines the son whom he delights mm -hmm. in. This mm -hmm. is an act of love. You have to start there. 
you have to start with the understanding that discipline is a, an act of love and your discipline may look different as a mom than your husband's discipline, but it is both an act of love. So we start with that. That is the foundation. Um, from there, we, we really have to understand what it looks like to be on one accord, mm -hmm. right? It, your children must see you and your husband as one. When we get married, we talk about how the two become one and a, a man will leave his mother and father and cleave to his, his wife and the two become one. We have to function as one. And so sometimes if you are stepping in to interfere with your husband's discipline, it actually begins to look like you're functioning as two. And the truth of the matter is that the children will be confused by that. They feel less safe in that in that uh, context. And they also will 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 take advantage of it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Believe this something your husband is doing is not best as long as it is not immediate like immediately like of imminent serious significant danger or harm in the case of there's you know some violent form of abuse or hostility even if sometimes his language is off right because men can use harsh terms harsh words that you wouldn't necessarily use name calling things of that nature is still a form mm -hmm. of abuse i'm not saying all men so don't think that i'm stereotyping there but even if something's happening that you don't agree with, do your best to not interrupt in that moment because what's mo most important is for your children to understand you're one. Now, you must go back and have a conversation at another time with your husband. I also believe that your physical presence in and of itself is powerful. So I tell, I tell moms all the time, if your husband is doing too much, and you know it's too much and your child's spirit is, you can see your child's spirit is being broken, just lean in, just go a little close to him, not to the child. Because if you go to the child, it looks like you're siding with the child and the child will then split you. Go close to your husband. Something about your feminine energy, your calm nervous system, if we wanna you know, keep it clinical, your nervous system being calm and settled will actually cause him to maybe reconsider his approach. So a gentle touch, just your physical shoulder up against his shoulder, him knowing you're there actually might actually help him to, to calm down. I do want to put this point in here that Colossians 3 and 21 tells fathers, do not exasperate your children. Mm -hmm. And it's so important for us as women to support and encourage our husbands to be the best they can be, not from a dominant position, but from a place of, uh, we know we, when we when we know the word and we know the proper um, method that God has for us being able to you know lead our families well as a united front. We got to remind our husbands of the word in moments when things are tense and we're in the flesh or or we're out of control. So it's important for us husbands to know we can't exasperate our children. So I hope I answered that. Yes, ma'am, you. Did definitely. I love all of those tips. And I've actually tried to incorporate the, you know, getting close. And I love that because it shows, like you said, that united front and also respect for your husband, Absolutely. which kind of leads me to my next question. Um, kind of if you correct in the moment, 
um, it does show that division. And now y'all are arguing in front of the kids. And now that's another problem on top of what you already felt was a problem. Mm. So um, what is some advice that you can give wives um, when it comes to having those heated debates mm. with their husband in front of their children? Okay. Okay. So honestly, from a biblical perspective, heated debates aren't even supposed to be happening at all. Mm -hmm. Right. The Bible in Philippians 2.14 says, do everything without grumbling mm -hmm. and arguing. Mm -hmm. Not some things, not most things, not all things outside the house, but do mm -hmm. everything, everything without grumbling and arguing. So when you find yourself moving into a space where you're arguing instead of discussing, you're already out of the will of God. Mm -hmm. You're already blessed. You're already out of control. Now, how do you have, you said debate. And so I wanted to make sure that we're, we're clarifying the difference between an argument and a debate because an argument has, it, the, the, the technical definition, the denotative definition is the same as debate, but the connotative meaning of an argument carries a negative undertone, a negative um, fe emotional feeling to it. And so to debate simply means to go back and forth in disagreement, okay? To go back and forth explaining or expressing your, 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 your opinions and your thoughts. That is actually okay. A healthy debate, a healthy discussion is actually okay. In fact, we have examples in the Bible of people who debated with God, who wrestled with God for things that they actually wanted. So making an appeal it, to your husband when you're when you're making a statement that is maybe different from his, you still have to stay in a spirit of, of respect. Mm. Uh, I use I, I want us to use love and respect as synonyms because a lot of times we prioritize love as women, but men actually feel that respect is even more important than love. And I want to say that they're actually one and the same. If you look at the definition of love in first Corinthians 13, love is patient. Respect is patient. Love is kind. Respect is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. This is how you show respect to a man. So the truth is that we have to be respectful even in our conversations with our husbands. And we have to model that for our children because they're learning, especially, you know, our, our female children, our daughters, they are watching how to how to treat and honor their husbands who who they will actually one day grow to to marry and and start families with and so that's important so do everything without grumbling the second thing is first corinthians i'm sorry first uh peter 3 and 4 tells us to clothe ourselves with the beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit mm -hmm. now when you're like me and you're pretty type A and you're pretty assertive, you're pretty confident, you know, you're pretty fierce, all of that is fine <laughs> in the world. <laughs> but when you're at home, you really, I love Tari, you, you said something, you said, this is your soft girl season. Yes. <laughs> I've been using that forever. If we can really just put on our soft girl in every conversation with our husband and soft doesn't mean a pushover. It doesn't mean weak. It doesn't mean lacking in confidence. It simply means that your approach is gentle. Mm -hmm. Approach is, is quiet in spirit, 
not necessarily quiet in volume where you're too timid to speak up, but the spirit is quiet. So when your husband goes to object or disagree with you or to establish, you know, authority as the head of the family and to sort of shut you down, you don't go back and forth in the sense like you're being contentious or cantankerous and, and creating, you know, conflict unnecessarily. So I, and, and I know we're going to get to this, but it's really important to maintain that position of him as being head. And as you're speaking, you're still respecting him as your head. It's almost like when you're at work and you have a direct superior, right? You can speak up, you can give your, your opinions. And if they're wise, they will heed your counsel. If you have, you know, you know, reasonable thoughts and ideas to share, um, but you're not, you're not in a position to overtake the, you know, what's happening or, or to, for your will to be the final say, so to speak. So share your thoughts and ideas in a, in a spirit of, of gentleness and, um, and go from there. No arguing, no, yes. no rumbling. Yeah. That is such a good point because, and I kind of going back to what you said, as far as us modeling respect for our children, mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes the way we communicate now is based off how communication was modeled. <laughs> Um, when we saw it, I know definitely for me, I saw the heated debates. I saw the passive aggressiveness. Mm -hmm. I saw, um, based off what you described, the disrespect. It necessarily wasn't respect. So I feel like we have to learn that new way of communicating. And it's it's different. It's uncomfortable. So it takes trial and error. It's not going to happen every um, argument that you all get into. But I feel like it's that awareness behind it. Like when you feel yourself getting riled up, when you hear your voice rising, when you notice your words, your mannerisms, yeah. and it's like, okay, that self-control to pull it back or reel it back in yeah. and go into that softness, yeah. because it's definitely something that has to be learned. So I think also giving ourselves that grace that I didn't know how to do this. This is something like my natural response, and I'm going to yeah. have to do some work to um show up a different way and giving our husbands grace as well because most of our community they probably didn't see healthy communication either so it goes both ways yeah, I wanna, and i think it's like a growth journey together i love the fact that you said it was a lot of times modeled and sometimes the opposite is true for example in my home my dad was very dominant very type a very mm -hmm you know, alpha male, very, he was the king, you know, of the castle. And my mom was very quiet and demure and, and didn't necessarily speak up. And there were moments when I resented that about her. I resented that she didn't seem to have confidence in her voice. And so the key is, I want to make this very clear, you know, health is always in the balance between two extremes right? It's not that we're going to go all the way to the left and be, you know, I got opinions and I'm equal, all this whole equal rights, I'm, mm -hmm. you know, gender equality and all of this. And, and you're now overdoing your, your feminine, you're, you're overriding your feminine side and your, your, your cooperative side, um, because you have all these rights, right? But it's also not all the way to the left where you have no rights. You have no right to speak up or have your, th your voice heard. And so I love the fact that you said that self-control. The Bible, one of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. And another version actually calls that temperance. Self-control mm -hmm. and temperance are, are synonymous. And it, the root word of temperance is temper. And so when, you're, when you have temperance, you're keeping your temper under control. And so the key is, even if you're feeling hot, 
the Bible says be angry, but sin not, mm-hmm. right? So you can feel angry, you can feel upset, but now you're going to filter and monitor and be intentional about how that is expressed. Because the emotion itself is not the same as the expression of the emotion, mm-hmm. right? There are two different things. So you don't necessarily have control over the emotion, the anger you feel or the frustration you feel, but you absolutely have control over how you express that anger. It's important to express it, but in a controlled way where you're tempering yourself. So, yes, so good. So, so good. Um, That leads me into our next question. As far as like, you know, we have different past experiences. When you come together in a marriage, You are two different individuals with two different stories and you're coming together trying to make that story work (laughs) together with your family. Mm -hmm. So um, how do past experiences affect the way that we do family and how can moms come together with their husbands to create healthier family dynamics um, to pass on to their children, especially those situations that they may not see eye to eye on? Sure. Well, first of all, I think that, you know, the, the scripture that tells us that, you know, we perish for our lack of knowledge. And so it's so important to understand that the lens that you may come into marriage with is biased by your your culture, your your experiences, your traumas, your history, your all of these things bias you. And so it's really important for you to be intentional about just studying studying doing doing things like what we're doing right now, having conversation with other people who are on a mission to do this thing well, reading, you know, um, humbling yourself, just coming to the, to the table with the idea, I don't know it all. Mm. I don't have all the right answers. I have biases and, and um, proclivities and ways that I see the world that is through a filter that has been tarnished. This is the whole born into sin, shaped in iniquity thing. Right. So the way I explain this to my clients a lot of times is I'll say, you know, if you pour water into a coffee maker and there's nothing in the filter, the water is going to come out clear as water. Same as you input output. Right. But the truth is that once you put the filter in, whatever is in the filter is going to color the water that comes out. And so the coffee in the filter will lead to black water that comes out. Right. And so you have to understand that. Your filter is sort of like all the things you've gone through that have shaped the way you think, the way you feel, the way you see the world. And that filter is not pure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the shaping and iniquity. That filter is not pure. It's very, very biased and very, very, you know, shaped in a way that is is not always healthy. So so humility is number one. Everybody has to come to the table with a spirit of humility that says, I don't know it all. I have thoughts. I have ideas. But you know, my way of seeing things is not the only way to see things. And so we need to actually collaborate, work together, talk, communicate. Um, You may even need to get counsel, you know, through a professional to know how to do this thing well. Don't wait until things are bad to -hmm. get marriage counseling. You know, we do premarital counseling before marriage, but I personally believe that that's a sort of like an appetizer, (laughs) an appetizer, because it doesn't really get into the nitty gritty of what this thing is really like when you're actually living it, right? It's all theory until you put it into practice. And so you really need a lot of that. I don't know if that thoroughly answered your question, but humility is huge. 
in my opinion. Yes, that does answer it because those are things that we need to consider. And God recently called me out on what you spoke on as far as like not knowing everything. And he brought the word arrogance to me. Mm. And I didn't realize that I was operating in that space. And honestly, I think it's from me feeling like I am reading the books. I am in the groups. I am doing this stuff. Yeah. And you may not see your husband doing those steps. So you feel like, well, I have the information. So I know yeah. but God has to bring to my heart <laughs> humility, humble yeah. myself that just because that's my way of learning the information doesn't mean that God isn't dealing with him on certain things. Mm -hmm. And in our conversation, I was able to see God is dealing with him mm -hmm. and was speaking through him to check me in a respectful way yeah. <laughs> and, you know, gather me to my, to my rightful place of where I needed to be. I don't know everything. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that's a work of the enemy to, for that division, for that discord. Yeah. Absolutely. And what you realize is not flesh and blood, it's mm -hmm. the evil rulers that are working against you all. Yep. Then you start to see those moments and can look at yourself more like, okay, where where am I working with the enemy and his his plan for discord? How can I view, you know, the situation yep. from my husband's viewpoint yep. and vice versa? And that's the unity yep. <laughs> and the moving forward where God is able to step in. I wanted to add to that when you said humility, humility is not pretending that you don't know what you know. And right. so I want to be clarified. Sometimes you know that you know what's best, yeah. right? And your husband is not in agreement. Humility is, is accepting his right to not agree with you for a season and maybe walking away and being prayerful. You know, I, I used to be, I used to be pretty entitled <laughs> when I first got married, I remember that if my husband said no to me, I I, I personally couldn't handle it because in my mind, I, I thought that I signed up for all of, yeah, all yes, all yeses. I thought that was like in the vows, like you vowed to say yes to Christina for everything she wants and everything. So if I wanted to go out, you know, with a family member for an event and, you know, I wanted him to come as my, my date and he didn't want to, I would feel like he was assaulting me almost right <laughs> and i would feel like he was just not loving me he didn't he wasn't measuring up living up to his commitment his vow to to basically do all the things that i wanted him to do and i had to realize that was entitlement spirit mm. of entitlement and here's how this relates sometimes we can believe that something is right or best and we want to impose that onto other people and the truth is that they may need to come around to it in their own time, the same way we got around to it in, in our right timing, right? And so humility is sometimes look, sometimes looks like patience while you wait for your husband to get it. So now when I go to my husband and I ask him something that I may know is God's will for our family, right? Um, but he may not be in agreement. Humility says, don't throw a fit. Don't start a riot. Don't act ugly. Accept his answer in love. Walk away. Pray about it. And then let the peace of God hold you until he comes around, if he comes around. Right. Right? Trusting that as you purpose and endeavor to do God's will and to do the right thing, God will work on your husband's heart in, in his own way, in his own timing. Right. So not having to force your will. Because you know best, even if in the moment you do know what's best. 
So I'm so glad you said that because he pointed that out too in our discussion. Like he gave like three or four examples of things that I brought up to him that he did change. He's like, I do listen to you. Like God is <laughs> working on me behind the scenes for these things. But in that moment for that one thing, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. and that's <laughs> too much. Because you want to be triggered and, and go go left, right? I, I was saying to, to the ladies the other day, I said, you know, sometimes, and this is something I've learned, 17 years of marriage, you learn some things, right? I learned that when I push my husband, he's more likely to re, to push back. When I invite my husband and I leave it up to him to decide, and I'm talking about in anything, in a way of thinking and what we're going to do with our money and how we're going to spend our spend our time and how we're parenting. When I try to impose as if I'm in I'm in control, I, my my law is the final say. He is more likely to assert his dominance of I don't have to. You're not the boss nice. of me and reject me in what I'm trying to do out of honestly just a spirit of 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 I'm you're you're not in control of me and so now I have to regain my sense of control. But when you approach when I approach my husband from a place of will you what do you think can you he's less his defenses are are not as up as strong and so he's more inclined to consider my perspective. And that's where humility, temperance and all of these other great fruit of the spirit come into play, you know. Yes. Listen, I Hope y'all got y'all pens and paper. <laughs> Taking note on that, you are helping us out today. Um, so in conclusion, I know this is kind of a hot topic for some people, but what is your your thoughts or your opinion on the hierarchy of relationship when it comes to your husband and children? And we touched on it just a tad bit, but do you feel like husbands should come before kids as far as needs being met or kids before husbands? What are your thoughts? Okay. So first of all, I don't necessarily know that, that we can limit it to first being hierarchy. Okay. First means this is the person who needs it at at this moment. Right. So for example, who gets served their plate first, Mm -hmm. right? This person, because your child gets served their plate first doesn't mean that in the hierarchy of the family, they are actually above the father or the mother, right? It may be practical to get the child fed first, just like when you go to a restaurant, they usually bring out the kids' meals first to keep them entertained, to, you know, they have an earlier bedtime or whatever the case may be. So let's not look at it as always like these discreet and finite ways we show who's of most importance or hierarchy in the hierarchy. But let's not, you know, let's keep it very clear. The family structure is God has, the, the, the structure of the family is God. God is the head. The husband then is, you know, under God as the head of the family. So God is the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church. The husband is the head of the family. The wife submits to him and the children submit to their parents. Right. So that's really the proper, proper structure. Okay. Now, as it relates to how things get done, you always consult your husband, not your children. (laughs) So are you and your husband in agreement with how things get done? If you are putting your children's wants, needs, opinions, you know, ahead of your husband's, that is completely out of order. Right. So now you 
you and your children are on one accord and your husband and you are debating because the children and you have a, an alliance. No, 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 no. You and your husband are one as the head above your children. Okay. And that is the proper structure. I, I, I hope that that applies to. Okay. Yes. And listen, you got it specifically what I was getting at those plates being made, child. Cause I'm just like, Okay, that's so small compared to the bigger picture of who's more important. Because I know for me, like I have a one-year-old, let me get him settled and together before, you know, anything else. And my husband, you know, he doesn't have an issue with that. But I I have seen that as a discussion specifically like that topic. So I'm so glad that you touched on that. It's so profound (laughs) than the the technicality. Can't get hung up. The enemy will will try to get us hung up on these technicalities. And then we miss. Remember, the Bible says that you have the letter of the law, but not the spirit of the law. Right. And so the the meaning of that is you're doing the right things, but not with the right spirit. And so now the right things have become the wrong things because. And so you can be technically right, but it'd be completely off. So let's caught up in technicalities it's really the spirit like in the spirit of the home do your children understand that mommy and daddy are at the head Mm -hmm. do your children understand that mommy and daddy are one they function and operate as one do your children understand they cannot split mommy and daddy right if it comes down to what the child wants and what the husband says he wants who is the wife called to adhere to the yeah. Bible never says submit wives submit yourselves to your children. <laughs> so the children need to understand that the high hierarchy is mommy and daddy are one, and mommy is submissive to the to daddy as the proper proper you know hierarchical structure in the home. Yeah. All right. Well, Christina, thank you so much. This was so good. I mean, anytime we talk, it's always good. You're always dropping gems. And I'm so, so grateful um, that we have connected and that you are a part of my community and somebody that I can go to for advice on those specific things. So I'm very, very grateful. Likewise, I love what you're doing here. Keep up the great, great work. I just pray for you all the time and, and, and know that God is using you in mighty ways. So Keep doing what you're doing and be encouraged. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, real quick before we go, can you let people know how they can connect with you um, if they would like to work? With, do you do virtual? Um, so, yeah, not taking um, new therapy clients right now, but okay. I, um, I am also a certified life coach. And um, you can reach me. My website is Mrs. Christina L. Barker um, dot com. Mrs. Christina, Christina spelled with a K. K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, L as my middle initial, B-A-R-K-E-R.com. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you have a blessed rest of your day. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.